Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, September 19th, 2019. I am Scott Engel. I am the king. I am fantasy here with Brandon C. Williams uh, out of live out of Houston, Texas. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement in Texas, a lot of excitement in New York. And what we're going to try to do is something unusual, Brandon, bring excitement to a Titans-Jaguars game. Ooh, yeah, this is a nineteen nine. This is the nineteen ninety nine AFC Championship game by any stretch of the imagination. There is no Steve McNair, there is no Mark Brunel, there is no Eddie George or Fred Taylor. Instead, we've got Marcus Mariota and Gartner Minshew. We will try our damnedest to make sure that this is entertaining somehow. Well, I think they're going to entertain the crowd, aren't they? Uh, retiring the numbers of Steve McNair and Eddie George tonight. Uh, no, this one's at Jacksonville. So uh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, did did they did they do that last week? I think that's pro- I think it was last week. Yeah, so maybe maybe there should be a Maurice Jones Drew uh, retirement ceremony tonight. Oh, you know, maybe that or Keenan McCardell or Jimmy Smith. Yeah, Jimmy Smith. Oh, yeah, that was some pair, Keenan McCardell and Jimmy Smith. Uh, yeah, those were those were the good Jaguar teams. I guess, I guess they've been around long enough now, though. Although, for the Titans, it'll just be remembered for being one yard short. Yeah, one yard short, and that was a game that you know Jaguar fans really thought that they had an opportunity to be in instead of Tennessee. Uh, it was a case where Mark Brunel and the Jaguars kind of self-destructed. They were at home. Uh, in that AFC title game, but Steve McNair, you know, played phenomenal both you know as a passer and as a runner. And the uh, Tennessee defense just really shut down Jacksonville, especially in the second half, and made that game a heck of a lot worse than what the final score indicated. What what memory you have? Uh, I was told one yard short. I was talking about the Super Bowl against the Rams. No, I ain't. I'm talking about you know. I'm talking about the fact that you know Jacksonville lost the AFC Championship game to Tennessee, and there were a lot you know going into that game, you know, and I had actually thought that Jacksonville might have been the better team on paper, uh, and really thought that you know Jacksonville might have stood a better chance against St. Louis had those two teams faced off. Instead, it turns out that we got one of the better Super Bowls instead. With of course you know Kevin Dyson falling a yard short of forcing overtime, and still to this day it makes you wonder would. Uh, would uh, Fisher had gone for two? Would Jeff Fisher had gone for two to try to go for the win? Yeah, well, uh, you have a great memory about those things, but the game is not played on paper, and neither is fantasy football. It's played on a computer, and uh, on the computer tonight, it's going to be hard uh, to get around using Derrick Henry as your MVP, the most outstanding offensive player in the game tonight. Uh, 15,900 on DraftKings. A uh, point and a half for whatever he does tonight. Uh, you multiply it, obviously, in the showdown slate. Uh, he has two 80-yard games already, a 75-yard touchdown reception, and three touchdowns. Derrick Henry has never been reliable over an extensive period in his career, but uh, I think he's trying to prove everybody wrong, including myself, who have pointed that out. And there's just no better offensive player uh, to use in trafficking showdown or whatever uh, site you play on Fandle either. Uh, you know, there's always the sense of, okay, if you want to win the million or you want to win big, you got to pivot off of who everybody's using, but how can you keep up with everybody else if you're not using Derrick Henry? 
And there's really no way around not using Derrick Henry if you have any intentions of winning tonight. Uh, obviously, he gets about 80 to 85% of the touches in that uh, Tennessee backfield. Deion Lewis probably gets a handful. He's only had 11 to, uh, 10 touches uh, in the entire season. He's only produced 27 yards off of his rushing and receiving. So this is going to be a big Derrick Henry game. I wouldn't be surprised if you end up seeing Henry with around 25 to 30 touches uh, this evening. And when you have a running back capable of doing that and capable of giving you that kind of the production that Henry has been giving you in the first two games, it would be very difficult to imagine that there is someone on either roster that's going to top Henry when it comes to point uh, point potential. Then uh, I think you got to choose at least one or two quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota is 15,000. Gardner Minshew is 13,800. And uh, I'll probably go with Minshew here. I don't like either quarterback a lot. Uh, you know, they're facing, they're facing what should be sturdy defenses. But, uh, you know, Minshew did good, look, look good in relief in the opener against Kansas City. Of course, when teams don't have a chance to repair for you, that, uh, you know, you, 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 uh, a quarterback, a quarterback will come in and look better. But uh, last week, even though his numbers weren't great, he still put his team in a position to win. Uh, Doug Marone chose to not go for two, uh, but they could have won the game. If I had to, I think I'm going to pick Minshew of these two. I, I like his, I like his receiving crew a little bit better, and he showed a little bit more spark in his game than Mariota. Uh, he led uh, the Jaguars in rushing last week with six carries for 56 yards. He is rushing was a key part of that scoring drive that led them to uh, get within a point and uh, make the decision to go for two. Uh, I do like the fact that he does have a better receiving court in Tennessee. Uh, he's got four guys already with uh, double-digit targets. You know, we'll touch on those guys, but, you know, DJ Shark and Chris Conley seem to be the two guys that have been the most effective. Surprisingly, kind of easing out D.D. Westbrook uh, in the early part of the game. Uh, early part of the season. The one thing I like about Minshew is that this could be a game where Jacksonville is coming from behind. So I think that Minshew is going to be the guy who will give you more pass attempts, more opportunities to uh, generate something. And again, his rushing uh, last week shows that, you know, he's not someone who's going to be light. You know, you can just kind of consider a push off compared to Marcus Mariota when it comes to running ability. Uh, then you have Leonard Fournette at 14,700. Uh, would you rather go quarterback and the running back or maybe the two running backs laying them out there together? Uh, Fournette really hasn't uh, been too good to so far. And with this offense, you know, doesn't get a lot of uh, doesn't get a lot of scoring opportunities as much as you would. Uh, I'd probably rather go Minshew and Henry rather than going Fournette and Henry because I don't think you can really go all three. Fournette struggled against the Titans last season. And, of course, you know, there's really no way you can go at all three. And I would agree with you. I would definitely go Minshew and Henry rather than trying to go with the two running backs. You know, you know that Henry is going to produce Fournette's more hit or miss. You know, he's, you know, probably in the neighborhood of around, say, 20 to 24 touches, you know, both as a runner and a receiver. Uh, whereas with Henry, like I mentioned, I think that he could get around 25, 30 carries and along with maybe a couple of touches and targets uh, in the passing game. So huge edge, in my opinion, uh, goes to uh, Derrick Henry over Leonard Fournette here. All right. Then you got the Lady Walker at a 12,300. 
probably the best pass catcher on the, on the Titans and most reliable. Uh, you know, maybe the only other Titan offensive player that you know is priced up there that I would actually consider. Uh, he is. You know, at this point, you know, you're not going to spend um, any money on an AJ Brown or Corey Davis at receiver. Uh, you know, Tajay Sharp. You know, Darius Jennings. Uh, Adam Humphreys. You know, they've had a handful of targets here and there. Uh, Walker showed that he's back, even at 35 years old. Uh, he's a solid. Uh, you know, he's a solid threat. 12 targets in his first two games. He's caught nine and has two of the four touchdowns for Mario Tassa. So it's obvious that, you know, he's back and he's going to be the first option Marcus Mario Tassa looks at. Okay. Uh, then moving right along, DJ Chark is 11,400. If I'm going to pick, uh, if I'm going to pick one uh, Jaguars player, you have him and, and Westbrook and Conley both all in the same, same range. Uh, I'd have to go with Shark just because of the upside he's shown so far. Hey, Shark has been more effective uh, despite the fact that he's been on the field less than Westbrook and Collie. Westbrook's been on the field 85% of the snaps. Collie's been on the field 81% of the snaps. Shark's right behind him at 77, but he's got 11 receptions for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Westbrook's only got six for 33, but he does have a touchdown. Collie 10 for 170. So Collie kind of has that deep quote-unquote long ball guy uh right now you want to just base off the yards for catch but i think when it comes to just complete production and upside i think chark's probably the player that you go with here tonight for jacksonville yeah so if we started like henry Minshew, Minshew, and chark uh that would uh that would leave us with under six thousand for just uh every player and then you, you got to start trimming down you don't want to go Corey davis uh, at six thousand, uh, he's just been he's been uh, he's been pretty much non-existent the whole way. But uh, if I'm going to take a receiver in that range, I'll take the big play upside of AJ Brown at fifty six hundred. Uh, you probably want to uh, go with Brown again. And the affordability is there. Brown's got nine targets. He's got six catches for a buck twenty five. And I would think that uh, they will try to test Jacksonville's secondary which played much better in week two compared to week one when they were torched at home uh, by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mario Top, you know, certainly has the arm strength to get the ball out there. And I'm sure that, you know, uh, they will try to make uh, Jacksonville pay for stacking the line. I'm sure that, you know, you're going to see a lot of eight, seven and eight man fronts from Jacksonville in a bit to slow down Derrick Henry. So the opportunities for A.J. Brown, especially if he doesn't have uh, Jalen Ramsey draping him, uh, would probably stand an opportunity to where he could be a very good bargain play here. Yeah, and then uh, if you're going to throw a defense in there, uh, you got the Titans at 5,200 and the Jaguars at 3,800, you know, once you make your captain selections. Uh, which defense do you prefer? I'd probably go with Jacksonville. I would go with Jacksonville, uh, even though that Jalen Rams is yapping and moaning about the fact that he wants to be traded. That defense is still a bit better than uh, Tennessee. I think there's a slight edge. I think that when you're looking for the potential of a pick six or a scoop six, Jacksonville is probably going to give you that threat, mostly because of Jalen Ramsey. And if the fact is, is that this, again, will be a low-scoring game, and I think that the ability of Jacksonville – to hold Mario Ty in check and the potential to pick six is why I would go ahead and take the Jags. Yeah, 3,800. And then, uh, you know, if I right now building a lineup, I have Henry, Minshew, Shark, Brown, and the Jaguars. That leaves me with about 
7900 on the table that's still that's not quite enough to to get Delaney Walker I'd probably have to go with Westbrook and Conley so I I probably want to zap off uh probably want to trim a little bit of salary there though just so I could I could get Delaney Walker so it might be better to go for a kicker than to go for a defense This might be a game where you might want to go with the kicker instead of Actually the, the kick the kicker the kicker is uh let's see we got Lambo at 3400 uh sorry and uh Santos at 3600 so if I go with Josh Lambo at 3400 that gives me 8300 and I could just get Delaney Walker into my lineup that would probably be the play that I would make he is again a little cheaper than Santos he does get the edge of being at home so I would go ahead and uh, go at Lambo especially if it's going to give you the opportunity to get Walker yeah, based on our conversation, the lineup that I built is Henry Minshew, Chark, A.J. Brown, Lambeau, and Delaney Walker. Yeah, I think that's a lineup you can field. I think that's a lineup that uh, you can certainly uh, stay competitive in. Yeah, what about uh, yeah, Deion Lewis at 4,200? He really hasn't been involved. Uh, maybe Adam Humphreys at 3,200. There's been a lot of talk in, Titan, in Titansville about how they need to get him the ball more, and maybe it's the old cliched squeaky wheel treatment tonight. Oh, you could see that. Uh, you could see uh, Humphreys. I would probably take Humphreys uh, over uh, over Brown. I would probably take a look at him uh, because the fact that he is a little more of a possession receiver, and in a game like this, I think that you'll probably want the more reliable receiver in Humphreys instead of a Corey Davis, who's just eight, three for eight with targets for only 38 yards in his first two games. All right. And then if we go over to monkey knife fight, and uh, if you're going to play a monkey knife fight, our friends over there, mkf.win slash daily. That's mkf.win slash daily is the URL to go. Uh, tonight's over under Gardner Minshew over 220 and a half passing yards. Are you going over or under? I'm, I'm going under. I, I think maybe you get a touchdown or two, but I'm not expecting a ton of passing yards. I think it'll take an over. I think that this will be a game where oh, okay. I think that he won't. No, I'm going to be wrong. I don't see him going for like 350 and five or anything like that, but I can see him re, uh, just getting over two, uh, 220, probably the neighborhood around, say, 225 to 230 with a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. And then we have Marcus Mariota over under 197.5. I'm going under on both of these quarterbacks at, at uh, mkf.win slash daily. That's mkf.win slash daily. And if uh, you play tonight, and uh, and you use that URL, um, you'll get a hundred percent match on your deposit bonus. So no more reason to go over there. To, and uh, no better reason to go over there and uh, play tonight. MKF win slash daily. Are you going over or under on Mar- Mariota one hundred ninety seven point five? I will strongly go under uh, with Mariota uh, one ninety seven. I think he probably gets a big chunk of his yardage on one play. And I think other than that. Uh, you'll see a lot of safe stuff and a lot of Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's uh, I'm expecting a low-scoring game tonight. You know, it's a not exciting game between these two teams. I don't have a lot of seasonal investment in it either. Let's look at some wide receivers for the full slate on Sunday uh, as we uh, continue here on the Wind Daily Podcast. DeAndre Hopkins tops the charts. 
uh, against the Chargers, who have some injuries in their secondary at 7,800. I like him better than Devontae Adams against Denver at 76. But Amari Cooper at 75 is probably the most tempting in that range going against the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins have allowed 28.1 fancy points per game since week 12 of last season. That is pitiful. Third highest total in that frame. Uh, whereas if you look at uh, Amari Cooper's average 12 point fantasy points per game in that same span, uh, this is a huge matchup strongly in favor of Cooper. I think that he can do a ton of damage with a minimal number of receptions in this one. So I think that I would look at Cooper, who comes in as a fan duel, just below, uh, you know, just below DeAndre Hopkins, who comes in at 7,700. Then we have uh, Michael Thomas, 7,400. Might not be widely owned because of the backup quarterback situation. But to me, a very interesting cash game play. Uh, Maybe even a little bit of a GPP because, you know, that Seattle secondary, it's still vulnerable unless they somehow, uh, well, they're not going to be able to trade for Jalen Ramsey before Sunday. I'm just telling you as a Seahawks fan, I'm hoping they get Ramsey because that'll make that defense uh, top-notch again. But uh, I kind of like him this week. I like him, too. I think that whoever does get started quarterback between either uh, Teddy Bridgewater or if it's uh, Taysom Hill, I think you will see uh, Thomas get double-digit targets. I think that's a lot. Uh, And I think that's part of the reason why he makes for an intriguing uh, cash game play. You're right. Not many people are going to pay attention to him because of the quarterback situation. Uh, it'll be shot off plus that game is also on the road and on the West Coast. So there's a couple more reasons why people might shy off of Thomas. But to me, I think I would go against the grain and use him. I think that he's got the potential to put up some pretty solid numbers here, regardless as to who is under center. Well, you don't have to worry about the ownership in a cash game, but it makes him interesting GP plea because, because I have something of a floor there and maybe a little bit of upside. Right now, Julio Jones looking like the best wide receiver in fantasy football should be wildly owned at 7,300. Antonio Brown might not have a lot of high ownership because people are worried about his reps, but how do you not love him against the Jets? It's tough not to love him against the Jets. Uh, he comes in uh, at actually there is not a price on Antonio Brown right now. FanDuel, DeAndre Hopkins at 8,900 is the highest uh, rated wide receiver going into week three. Regardless as to uh, his price, uh, I think Brown you know, will probably get more reps uh, this week. I think, again, this will be a case of where the Patriots will do a lot of running uh, throughout the contest, but I can see Brown getting in the neighborhood of around 8 to 10 targets and uh, getting in the end zone again. I think he first with 100 yards and what should be a laugher for the Patriots. Yeah, I want to spend up a receiver this week. Keenan Allen's got a great matchup against Houston, uh, 7,000. And uh, Chris Godwin's lived up to expectations, 6,900. I'm not going to spend up for Juju Smith-Schuster at 6,900. And I think I might avoid Sam. Well, I don't know if you can completely avoid Sammy Watkins at 6,800 because, you know, any chief is certainly viable. Uh, Adam Thielen is interesting at 6,700. Uh, Kirk Cousins has certainly not put up any numbers at all in the first two weeks, but maybe he lets it loose a little bit here against the Raiders. 
I can see where that happens. Uh, when we talked about running backs yesterday, one of the things that I discussed was how Dalvin Cook needs to have Kirk Cousins step up to keep from overworking Cook uh, this early in the season. Thielen comes in at 7000 at FanDuel, uh, so he is probably in that second tier when it comes to pricing. Uh, you do need Cousins to step up. You need Thielen, obviously, to uh, be a big be involved. Uh, you don't have you don't have Diggs, Stephon Diggs, quite at 100%. So I think that Thielen, if the Vikings put focus on the passing game, is going to be the guy who benefits most from it. Yeah, he might not be widely owned, so it could be a good GPP play. Kenny Galladay looks like a great cash game play. Uh, he's off to a terrific start, faces the Eagles. Mike Evans could be in for a nice rebound game against the Giants. Evans is uh, coming in at 7,100 uh, at FanDuel. Uh, he's a lot closer to 100% than he has been the first couple of weeks. Uh, we both like Jameis Winston's upside uh, going into this week, and I think that with the healthy Evans, I think the both of them could be very solid this week. You touched on Galladay. I really love Galladay and Cash play against Philadelphia. Eagles are 31st in uh, pass defense and fantasy against fantasy wide receivers. And the fact that they've allowed eight plays of at least 20 yards or more from their secondary in the first two games, you know, is a sign that Galladay is going to have a big afternoon in the game. You know, the over-under there is 45. My gosh, I think that's kind of a little low. I think you're going to see both, team, uh, both teams put up some points on Sunday afternoon in Philly's home opener. Yeah, it's... Uh, it. It's interesting because you talk about Winston. Would you want to run the Buccaneers stack this week? Because we've gotten burned by Winston before. Uh, I don't think I want to run a Buck stack uh, before, you know, because of, uh, because of that exact reason. You know, just when you start to put some trust in Jameis Winston, something happens and he ends up burning you. I do like Evans, but I would not pair him with Winston this week. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, 6,400, maybe more of a cash game play. Julian Edelman, I don't think, is going to be too widely owned because he's not off to a great start, but you got to like him against the Jets at 6,300. Uh, Tyler Lockett against New Orleans. Uh, if he lines up in the slot where the Saints could really be burned, uh, Tyler Lockett, you really have to like him at 6,200. Lockett is at 6,600 at FanDuel. Uh, again, like you mentioned, you put him in the spot, that's a very favorable matchup. Saints did a fairly good job of slowing down uh, Jared Goff uh, last week. Goff did put up big numbers, but go back to week one when they did have a quarterback with a hot hand uh, in uh, Deshaun Watson. I think that you could see the case uh, this week. Uh, Russell Wilson's off to a good start fantasy-wise. They're throwing the ball very well, and when uh, he's in play action, when Russell Wilson's in play action, chances are that Lockett's going to be his guy. I can see Lockett getting a big strike here on Sunday. Marquise Brown's probably my favorite receiver of the day, 5,900 on DraftKings going against the Chiefs. I actually consider him like a top 12 start in seasonal. Uh, he's my favorite play of the day, period. Uh, he has 6,100 over at FanDuel. The thing that I liked about Brown was last week he showed that he was not just going to be a Deshaun Jackson type. He ended up with 13 targets. And to me, that's a sign of a guy who was going to be heavily involved uh, in the passing game beyond just going out and stretching. The guy obviously can go deep, but he can also do some work underneath. Kansas City, again, 
uh, as usual, they struggle against uh, fantasy receivers. Uh, they've played a little better in their first couple of games of the season, but I like Marquise Brown. I think that Brown def- definitely is a top 12 play this week and is putting himself in a position where you know, right out the gate, he becomes a reliable must-start guy in seasonal play. Draft change from the 5,500 to 6,000 range, uh, really a lot of injured wide receivers. But in that lower tier, uh, you know, a lot of guys to like. John Brown, 5,500. Josh Gordon, 54. Calvin Ridley, 53. Demarcus Robinson, 52. John Ross, 51. And uh, Larry Fitzgerald for 5,100. 5, Miko Hartman for 5,000. Uh, also, Marvin Jones, uh, Kirk Goodwin, uh, all 5,000. I have to say, out of that group that I just read off, uh, John Brown appeals a lot to me against Cincinnati. Uh, Calvin Ridley going against uh, going against Indianapolis is, is another one that I have to like as well. And uh, the Chiefs receivers are going to be widely owned, but I think Ross is probably my favorite from this entire group right here. I don't like – I'm sorry, uh, John Brown is. John Ross I don't like against Buffalo as much. You know, sticking in this range, I'm probably looking at – at Brown, uh, maybe Josh Gordon is somebody who's not widely owned against the Jets, and probably, probably Calvin Ridley. Those are some uh, pretty solid guys. A couple of other guys that I'm uh, appealing in: uh, FanDuel, Debo Samuel, fifty-five hundred going up against Pittsburgh. Yes, you do have Mika Fitzpatrick, but I think that the Forty uh, ers will find ways to move Samuel around the field to keep that uh, from being an impact. I do like Larry Fitzgerald, fifty-nine hundred over at FanDuel. Christian Kirk also at 5,900 at FanDuel. I think both of those guys can be productive, you know, considering the fact that uh, Kyler Murray's averaged 48 attempts in his first two games. There's no reason to believe that he's going to slow down too much. Uh, Another guy that I do like uh, is going to be Randall Cobb uh, against uh, the Dolphins. You won't have Michael Gallup, so that means that Devin Smith is probably going to fill in and uh, be that outside guy, be uh, with uh, with Damari Cooper. So I think that Randall Cobb had a pretty solid first game uh, uh, with the Cowboys against the Giants. Comes in at 5,300 over at FanDuel. I think that there is uh, some production for him. Nelson Aguilar, $4,800 uh, against the Lions. You know, you won't have Alshon Jeffrey. It's looking highly doubtful that you're going to have Deshaun Jackson Aguilar's, who had 11, 11 targets uh, on Sunday night. I think he keeps up that pace again as well. Yeah, uh, I like Mike Williams a lot. You gave out FanDuel prices at 4900 on DraftKings. A great matchup uh, against the Houston Texans at under 5000 It was able to play through the injury last week. DK Metcalf against those same Saints, 4700 You mentioned Debo Samuel. He's 4500 and uh, somebody else that I'll certainly be uh, considering for sure, but I can't see spending much more down at wide receiver, though. On You mentioned Aguilar. He is a glaring bargain at 3600 on uh, DraftKings, so somebody you definitely have to go for. Uh, maybe Devin Smith is somebody that helps you separate in the tournament, and he's just 3400 If he comes up in a big play, he can help you cash in a big way. So just to recap, some of the season's receivers we really like, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, uh, Lockett. We also like, we love Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, you mentioned, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, 
and uh, Nelson Aguilar. Probably that's probably a good list of our favorites right there, right? Uh, it is. Yeah, it's a pretty solid list. There are obviously a handful of other guys that you could take a look at, but uh, when you look at you know, the guys that you really, really like going into week three, those that's a pretty solid bunch. All right. Thanks for listening today, and uh, and make sure that you listen in tomorrow. Jason Mizrahi will be back on the podcast, and also make sure you go premium gold so you can chat with Jason and David Jones and all of our DFS pros and Slack. Thanks a lot for listening today.